Welcome, friends, to our second season of the Reynolds Rap Podcast. I'm your host, Ray Reynolds, and this podcast is meant to encourage and bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus. If you haven't already done it, please hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. And also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, and online at rayreynoldsrap.com. We hope you enjoy today's episode. Every time I go into a study of God's Word and I realize there's a, a point that needs to be made or something that needs to be discussed, I always try to look for details that I may have missed before. And the really great thing about studying the Word of God is you can study it a thousand times. You can read it through every single year of all your life. And every time you open it, there's something there. It's been there the whole time, but it's like this little nugget of truth, this little golden nugget that you're just, wow, where did that come from? How come I didn't see that before? And my goal is to, this morning, share a few of those from my study that maybe can help you in your walk. I don't know if you've noticed before, but as Hayden was reading even this morning, I noticed how verse 26 talks about how the disciples were afraid. It talks about how they were fearful. Everybody on that boat that day from the text was afraid, not only of the storm, but of the image, which they thought to be a ghost, coming to them in that storm. This story is about the faith of one man, Peter. Now, you can say what you want about Peter. He's got some flaws in his character. No doubt there's there's a few things that he does throughout his life that we call into question. He oftentimes will put his foot in his mouth. He speaks very boldly from time to time. But this is one of those events where he does something that really changes the way the disciples look at both Jesus and him as a leader, as one of the apostles. Peter was one who may have had in times of his life lacked some faith, but this is one of those moments where he puts his faith out there. And we're going to talk about what that means today. I want you to notice who put them in the boat. Did you see that? It says immediately, verse 22, Jesus made his disciples get into the boat. He made them get into the boat. He said, we're going to go from here to there. We're going to go to the opposite side. want us to see this morning that it is easy to have faith inside the boat. It's easy to have faith when I go to church with my parents or my grandparents or where I am in a, a pew where I've sat my whole life. It's easy to have faith inside the boat. When I have Christians that surround me, when I have people that encourage me, it's easy to have that kind of faith inside the boat. The kind of faith God is calling for his disciples to have, Jesus is modeling for his disciples in the text, is a faith that's outside the boat. We will sit and there will be brethren all over the world this morning at this very hour and throughout this 24-hour time cycle on the first day of the week that will worship and they will sing and they will pray and they will commune with the saints and they will leave the boat. The question is, do they have the faith to stand or the faith to sink? Where is your faith this morning? We're inside the boat here. What is going to happen when we leave the boat? Our faith has to stand outside that boat. The first thing I want you to see is Peter takes a stand. And it's a bold stance, by the way. Peter decides as there is something that is seen, and it says all of the disciples see it, by the way. All the disciples see it in the midst of the sea. 
It says it's the fourth watch, verse 25. And Jesus comes walking to them. And when the disciples, not when Peter, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled. They were terrified. Everybody on the inside of the boat knew what was happening outside of the boat. One person speaks up and says, I'm going to do something about it. And so in doing that, he takes a risk. You ever been in your house before late at night? It's dark. It's quiet. Something rouses you from your sleep. You might say, who's there? What's that? Grab a flashlight. Or as my mama used to get a Louisville slugger and roam the hallways. I still have those crazy images of her in that nightgown and flip-flops, walking through the hallway with that Louisville slugger. I nearly got hit a few times with that thing. When you're afraid, you have a reaction. It may be to pull the covers over. It may be to hide. The disciples are all afraid. They're all unsure as to what to do. But there is one who takes a risk. And he stands up and he speaks up to have a conversation with this ghost. Now, if I saw something like this, I'm not sure I would be able to, 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 to form the, the, the words to speak to the image. But Peter musters the gumption to speak to this image. Now, why is it Jesus is doing this? Some have said, and, and you can read all kinds of commentaries, they'll say, well, he's just trying to get there a little faster. He's taking a shortcut. Or maybe he was in his prayer time and walking with the Lord that it just he didn't even realize he was walking on the water. I believe that one of the reasons why Jesus chooses to do this is to teach a lesson of faith to his apostles. They traveled this sea a hundred times. They sat in their same position. Your kids have their seat in the car. You don't think those guys had their seats on that boat? I'm in the stern now. Mark, John, I'm telling you. John, you over here. Was it, Thomas, they, they all had their places. All those guys are sitting around that boat in their designed, designated seats. But there's one person that's not in the boat that day. Jesus sends them across the sea. And he's told them to go across the sea. And they must assume he's going to come later. I doubt they think that he'd come surfing. And yeah, it's much different than the picture that we see in some of these pictures. That's why I didn't put one up on the board. Every image I've ever seen of Jesus walking on the water is this beautifully flat surface. I mean, crystal clear. And there's storms behind it and a few winds and a little bit of rain. But I mean, it's just like Jesus is just Walking on the water just like. Y'all seen a hurricane before? The word boisterous? Hurricane force winds. There's no flat surface walking in a storm with Jesus. He's moving on that water, which is another reason why I don't want to get outside the boat. I don't care how gifted of a swimmer I am. I don't want outside that boat. He decides to do the right thing, and he speaks out to Jesus. If it's you, call me out. You see, Peter understood that it was better to be with Jesus outside the boat than inside the boat with other people who claimed to be with Jesus. He says, call me out. 
So he takes a bold stance here and moving forward. The next thing I want you to notice is there's a quick glance. You know, you gotta love, you gotta love Peter for his boldness. But I think his first image was of Jesus, and his second and third and fourth and fifth image was everything else but Jesus. Don't get distracted. Inside the boat, outside the boat, we get distracted. Peter's distracted, first of all, by the wind. It says when he saw the wind. Now, I thought Jesus said in John 3, you can't see the wind. You only see the effects of the wind. Didn't he say that? Jesus did say that. So what does it mean when it says he saw the wind? Well, if you've ever seen a hurricane or a storm, you've seen the contents brought through that wind in one direction or the other. This idea, this boisterous wind, I was looking at it in the Greek, it literally means, and you can see this from both looking at Mark and Matthew's gospel accounts, the winds were going across each other. And that means in the middle of this storm, when he's out here in the middle of this water, he's got stuff coming this way, and he's got stuff coming this way, from both directions. Now church, isn't that the way it is in our lives when we're in the middle of a storm? It's like it, it doesn't let up. Could you just please, Lord, just could you just give me a, a, a peace? Just I want some just some peace. Could you just could you just call the wind and the waves back? But he knew he had a better chance outside that boat than setting inside that boat because Jesus was on the outside. But the winds are crossing. And he sees Jesus walking on this water. And again, not a flat surface. He's up and down and all around. And he steps out, he sees the wind, and he sees the waves crashing. And I have. I've, I've driven down to the beach a few times when those storms are rolling in. Man, those waves. Wow. I mean, waves after waves. There's only so much you can put up with. That's one reason why I don't like to get out in the water anymore. I was out there one day, and I was, I, I like to pick stuff up. I, I found sunglasses out there. Found a dollar bill once. Well, that, that ruins your vacation with the kids. And they're out there trying to find more money. And you're like, it didn't work like that. And I picked up something. I thought it looked brown, you know. And I thought, well, what's this? And I got it about right here. It was a stingray. And I had it right here. Now, thankfully, that little guy took off the other direction. He didn't come this way. He went that way. Of course, I jumped. Uh, uh, at first, I was thinking it was a flounder. I, I, I knew I thought maybe when I got it about right here, it didn't feel quite right. And there was a guy next to us. He had a net. He caught it. And he said, y'all want to pet it? Sure, we went over there and petted it, you know, and everything. It was two days later that Steve Irwin died from a stinger. Two days later, on the same vacation. And I'm thinking, wow, boy, I'm lucky that thing didn't get me. But there's all kinds of things in the sea that are dangerous. The waves are just one of them. You don't know what's out there. It's dark. It's dingy. It's scary. And when life comes at us from all directions, we don't know what's down. We don't know what's up. We can barely figure out where we are. And so the storm comes in. And then his mind begins to see he can't stand on the water. And he begins to sink. What do you do when you're caught in a storm? Bury your head in your pillow and cry? Crawl into your closet and pray. Find a quiet spot and talk to God. Sometimes you, you get pretty upset with the things that have happened in your life. 
Peter's in the middle of this storm. He's sinking, and he's sinking fast. What Peter needs is a second chance. Notice verses 30 and 31. When he saw the wind was boisterous, and he was afraid, by the way, in case you didn't know that, he's scared to death. And he begins to sink. He cries out saying, Lord, save me. That that word cry out is the same word that's used in Greek for a raven's cry or for the scream of a bird. Of a wailing scream. You ever woke up in the middle of the night and your kids give you one of those blood curdling screams and you run through the house trying to figure out what's going on? You hear one of those screams and you, something's wrong. He's crying out. He's afraid he's going to drown. And that's exactly what happens to us in the storms of life. We think it is the end of our world. It is. And you know what's really interesting is I wonder if the angels sat around. And I wonder sometimes if the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit are sitting there watching us thinking, you know what? I want you to watch like you do on a playground. You ever watch a kid fall? Wait for it. Wait for it. Alligator tears, you know. Not even blood. My dad, are you bleeding? No. <laughs> Break something? No. Get on out the house. Children get so upset sometimes over little things. Just little things. You saw your ice cream melted. I told you to eat it faster. I don't have a problem with my ice cream melting. I don't know about you. And so, so many times our kids get angry about little things, little things, over and over. And you're just like, just... God, I wonder if looks at us and says, why are you crying so much? You don't know what's going to happen if you'll just endure the storm. But it's, it's so overwhelming. And so he cries out, and he cries out to God, which is what we should do when we're in pain and in turmoil. We say, God, help me. We're in danger. We say, Lord, save me. And we can't ever pray loud enough. And we can't pray, pray hard enough, fast enough when we're in the middle of a storm. We say, God, please, the word here, Lord, save, means Hosanna. Hosanna in highest. He's using the greatest praise for God. He's calling on the name of God. Please, God, help me. Jesus, save me. The great part about Peter here is he knows he's not alone. It says that in doing this, he's looking at the Lord. Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus, verse 31, stretched out his hand and caught him. And said, oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Verse 31, I want you to read that second word in my New King James Bible. It says, and immediately. Did you see that? You got a pen or a highlighter? You might want to undermine that. That's a word you didn't think about, is it? It says, and immediately. And Immediately. The Lord reached out his hand. Now when the storm is coming and the winds are coming from all directions and the rain and the waves and everything is pouring in around us in our lives and we think we're all alone, we cry out to God and he is immediately there to help us. Here's the really great thing about walking with God is he never left you in the first place. Wherever you are, whatever storm you're going through, the Lord is right there with you. And what's really neat is he promises us that in Christ he puts his spirit inside of us so that we'll never be alone. You're never, ever going to be alone. He is always going to be with you. He's always going to give you strength. 
And so when Peter cries out for salvation, it's already there. The safety of Jesus' arms are just a stretch away. They were there the whole time. And he spared. The last thing I want us to notice this morning is the swift deliverance of Peter. You know what happens when you take the Lord's hand? He's going to lift you up. When you take the Lord's hand, He's going to pick you up. God does not want us on our face all the time. Regardless of what you think about the way God views you, listen to the way the Scriptures view Jesus and Peter's relationship here. Peter will say things like, "It's not God's not willing that any should perish. Peter understands that Jesus is not wanting him to drown. Now, it's, it's hard when your parents look at you and say, I told you so. Or your parents look at you and say, well, if you had listened to me, or if you had just done what I said, so when he hears the little rebuke there, you have little faith, it hurts. But at least he's got the safety of the ship now. Don't forget to take the Lord's hand. Don't forget that he is the one that is there to rescue you. He deserves our praise because he's always going to be there to look after the weak. I want to clarify one part, one illustration that I think may be the most important part of the whole lesson. I was talking to Billy this week about this lesson. I'd been working on it all week and uh, thinking about how to present this story that we've heard so many times. And he said to me, you know, the real test of faith is not the first foot outside the boat. The real test of faith is with that second foot. The first step we take is out of obedience. God says to follow him. Trust in the Lord with all your might. Lean not on your own understanding. I can do that. I can put one foot out there. But it's getting that second foot outside that boat. The safety wasn't in the security of the boat. The safety was in the arms of Jesus. God put them in the boat. He knew where they were. I'm sure they would have survived it. They didn't drown. None of them did. They got pretty wet, but they didn't drown. God was with them the whole time. And Peter, listen to me now, Peter could have walked on that water all day long. Peter could have walked in the middle of that storm if that storm lasted the rest of his life. If he'd only had the faith with both feet to step out of that boat and keep his eyes on Jesus. Why do we get discouraged? Why do we get frustrated? Why do we sink? We take our eyes off Jesus. Don't stay in the boat. Jesus is outside the boat. In here, we're worshiping, we're praising God. We need to be here. And let me tell you, there's a lot of people with one foot inside the boat. I want to give God just a little, I'm going to give him my obedience. I'm going to go where he tells me to go. But going and doing what he tells me to do, that's different. No, it's not. Faith and works. I take a step of obedience and a step in faith to keep walking with God every single day. It's a daily choice. And I keep my eyes 
on Jesus. If you're sinking today, I don't care what kind of storm you're in. We've, I'll tell you, we've all probably had multiple storms we've been in in life. And you've probably found yourself sinking. Don't, don't wallow in it. Don't stay in it. Don't drown in it. Know that Jesus is stretching out his hand to you. And it's not just through the invitation. We do this every time we're together. That invitation of the Lord is always open. If you need forgiveness, don't drown in sin. Be covered by the blood of Jesus in baptism. And if you're struggling and you need prayer, hey, we're all a bunch of people in a storm here. We'll walk arms together. And the cool part about it is, as I said, Peter could have walked on that water longer than just the few moments he had to steady himself. Jesus believed in Peter more than he believed in himself. That's why he called him out. God believes in you more than you believe in yourself. How come I'm in this storm? The question is not why this is happening to you. Why not? I mean, I'm, I'm human. I'm a sinner. I make mistakes. I need to forget about the waves and the wind and all that stuff and just realize that Jesus is right there with me in the middle of it. Thank you for tuning into today's broadcast. Be sure to hit that subscribe button to get updates on original content each week. Follow us on social media at Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Tumblr, TikTok, YouTube, and check out our website at rayreynoldsrap.com. Also, if you'd like to suggest a topic for an upcoming broadcast, or if you'd like to email me a question, or if you have a prayer request, you can send that to rayreynoldsrap at gmail.com. Have a great day, and may the Lord bless you as you seek to live an authentic life in Christ Jesus.